0: So I actually did have a podcast plan for you this week, um, but in light of the debates uh, last week and and as the, at the time of this recording uh, last night, there seems to be a lot of talk about the benefits of the Trump tax plan that was passed, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of uh, two of twenty seventeen and it got me to thinking um, a lot of people, I understandably taxes are absolutely confusing and so depending on which political party you align with and and the media sources that you seek out, a lot of the times those networks will have a bias as to the benefits of the tax plan and so I just wanted to kind of set the record straight, especially going into this election and how important this election is. You know, undoubtedly the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed by Congressional Republicans was the largest tax overhaul since 1986 under the Ronald Reagan administration. And so it really did have an impact on how Americans are taxed. Now, that's not to say that it was a good thing we have we're a couple of years out from the passing of it we've seen it enacted we've seen how it's uh, been implemented in people's lives and overall and overwhelmingly um, it's, it's evident that the top earners in our society are the ones who benefited the most saving about 22 percent um, in taxes alone while lower income individuals were the least to see savings and middle class is kind of a mixed bag of results. But, you know, as Vice President Pence mentioned yesterday, $2,000 on average uh, per family in the middle class, which, you know, seems like a lot considering that wages haven't increased since the 70s and that we're in a, in a pandemic where uh, the federal government seems to not be taking care of its citizens. Um, by passing the HEROES Act passed by uh, the, the House in uh, May uh, to help recover this economy. But needless to say, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, definitely does benefit the wealthy and, and one of the main reasons why I will go ahead and explain to you. As mentioned, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was actually one of the largest tax overhauls since 1986. What that means is that there were a lot of different <laughs> moving parts, you know, from for individuals for instance, their tax rates had dropped. And the standard deduction was increased. We can go over those details in another podcast. But one of the things that I really want to hit home—I've been trying to understand why high-income earners um, in our society were the greatest beneficiaries of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, uh, specifically uh, the dropping of the corporate tax rate. Now. In our society, everybody is taxed on their income. You know, whether you're an individual or you're a partner in a partnership or you're a shareholder in a corporation, no one is exempt from paying their taxes. However, what's so unique in a corporate structure so, this is a C Corp. Uh, You've probably heard, you know, of S Corps or partnerships and all of that. Um, Those types of entities are what we call flow through entities, whatever the earnings are it actually flows through down to the individual who then it picks up that net income on their individual tax return. Now for C-Corps, they're in a situation what's called double taxation. So not only are the individuals that are a part of that corporation taxed on the dividends that they receive from the corporation, but the entity itself has a tax. And Prior to the Tax Cuts & Jobs Act, it was on a sliding scale uh, with the top rate being 39%. What the Tax Cuts & Jobs Act did was it eliminated the sliding scale uh, from that top 39% and brought it down to 21%. So you can imagine that the biggest corporations who were paying up to that 39% effectively saw a cut in their tax rate by, uh, by almost half. So what that means is that, you know, they had a lot more money in their bank accounts. They probably had some money saved up to pay for their income tax. Now they had all this money sitting around. And so what ended up happening, and and which is very common, you know, they were saying that, well, you know, the the administration saying, well, if we cut the, you know, cut the percent, their, their taxes, then they'll be able to hire more. And that's what you call trickle down economics. It became popular in the Reagan era. You know at least the concept was and and over over the decades of, of research and analysis uh, trickle-down economics does not work because what we do end up seeing and, and what happened with this with this current administration is that corporations pretty much didn't hire anybody they what they did was they used that extra money to do what's called a, a stock buyback now a stock buyback in a corporation the members of a corporation are shareholders. They hold certain shares within that corporation. So let's say that you have a corporation with 100 shares. If somebody buys 60 of those shares, they're a 60% shareholder. They own 60% of that corporation. Uh, The reason why I bring up shares is because, you know with stock buybacks, what ends up happening is, let's say that a corporation again has 100 shares and only 60% of them are purchased. There's 40% out in the market what a company does and this was very popular in the 80s uh and and very popular uh in the in the 2000s and even now is they'll buy back their shares on the open market uh, which then makes less shares available which then drives up the value of the company it makes sense you know if you have a hundred shares you're splitting the the value of that company over 100 shares well if you soak up 20 of those shares and there's only 80 left you know the value per share is a lot higher because there's less out there in 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 the market so that's one tactic that they did with their extra money the rest of that money well sorry the most of the most of the rest of that money was then used to pay out dividends well what are dividends dividends are the, the earnings uh, after you, a, a corporation has paid out their other expenses, it's what they pay out to their shareholders. And so, you know, some corporations don't pay out dividends, which is up to the discretion of their board, whether they're going to pay out dividends or not. A lot of them do based off of the value of your shares so again going back to the stock buybacks if your shares were driven up because of the stock buybacks your shares are a lot more valuable now so now you get a lot more money back when you pay out the dividends and so One of the things that made the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act so lucrative for the top 1% was this concept of being able to drive down the income tax on a corporation to give them more money to then buy back their shares, to drive up the value of their shares, to then pay out more dividends to their shareholders. Well, you may be now asking, well, how does somebody who is a high income earner become a beneficiary of you know, the corporate tax rate? Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, for the most of us, we don't have the luxury of being able to buy stocks in, in companies. And if we do, it's probably wrapped up in our retirement accounts. Uh, but the majority of people who are invested into the stock market are the ones who are able to afford it, which is the wealthy earners in our society. They have discretionary income to be able to use that income to make more money for themselves. And so what's happened in our society is that because of the inability of the majority to be able to invest in companies by buying shares, the top earners have done so and they've been able to lobby the government to be able to make the tax code uh, beneficial for themselves. And so, you know, what ends up happening if you own shares in a company, depending on how long you hold it, if you hold it for over a year, you get what's called a preferential tax rate. Um, so, you know, so long term capital gains, they're only taxed at 15 or 20 percent, depending on which tax bracket that you lay in. Or if you're in a lower tax bracket, it's 0 percent. So what a lot of these high earners have realized is that rather than putting their money for good and having it in the income tax bracket, they put it in the capital gains bracket where they've invested that money into capital stock, for it to be taxed at preferential rates. And, not only that, but the dividends, depending on their classification, also have preferential tax rates. So again, that's why you see a lot of the ultra-wealthy in this country paying less in taxes than the hard-working lower and middle class. Now, why did I do this podcast? Well, we have an election coming up, and there is a lot at stake in this fight. You know, climate change, whether it's it's retirement or taxation, you name it, there is so much at stake in this election. And so it's really important, you know, especially with the disinformation and misinformation and, and intentional lying of this administration, it's important to understand that When someone speaks in such a calm, cool, collected way, it doesn't necessarily mean they're telling the truth. I try to steer away from politics on this, but it's very important to note that this administration has lied to us in so many ways. And for them to try to get away with with painting the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act as this this middle class uh, tax cut is absolutely absurd and, and insulting to the intelligence of the American people. You probably heard during this pandemic where Trump was trying to lower the capital gains rate. This is exactly what I was just talking about, the capital gains rate, this preferential tax rate. And this is what this administration has been trying to do this entire time, is equip the wealthy in our society with more wealth while we suffer. So it's important to know that, you know, your voice and your vote matters. And so I just really want to encourage you, your challenge this week is to go out and vote. Please make sure that your voice is heard. If you are sick and tired of this, the system being uneven um, or you're, you're afraid of your, for your own life because of what's happening to our environment and to our, and to our world, your voice matters in this election. So please make sure that you are registered. Go to IWillVote.com um, and check what your state's requirements are, your deadlines, um, and make sure that you have a plan of attack for getting your voice out there. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Holistic Budget Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it uh, on the platform of your choice. Also, please make sure to share this with your friends and family to get the information out there. I really enjoy doing these podcasts and really look forward to producing more for you. If you want more information about my organization, please visit www.holisticbudget.com. There you will find resources as well as some workshops that I have put together for your financial health and well-being.